Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Three Old Matzo Balls Talk Sports. Welcome to our international listening audience. This is a semi-comatose matzo ball mic from uh, semi-comatose from ingesting significant amounts of Thanksgiving turkey. And I'm joined, of course, by my matzo ball colleagues, Rue and Brian. Hey, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Weekend. Thanksgiving to, to all, everybody out there. Hope you had a great one with family and friends. Brian? Uh, I Well, honestly, I don't care whether you had a good Thanksgiving. I know I did. So, okay. um, and again, I uh, came in from Vegas, had got to see my mom and brother and sister and other members of the family. Uh, so it was a great Thanksgiving and uh, just looking forward to the upcoming week. Okay, well, listen, not to be too brutal, but you know what? Our listening audience really doesn't give a shit about that. What they care about are your gambling exploits, which I'm sure you'll get to uh, at some point during our podcast. But we're going to start because uh, Matzo Ball Drew has, uh, has something that he would like to get off of his chest here to start off our podcast. So, Drew, well, we're turning it over to you, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. You know, everybody, we watched a lot of football yesterday. And invariably, after every game is the post-game report interviewing a player. And I got to tell you, after a hundred years of watching this shit, it is unbelievably worthless and ridiculous. And I love the question, what were you thinking right as you made the winning catch? Or what were you thinking right before you kicked the winning field goal? One time, I would love somebody to say, well, you know, Tracy, right before I caught the winning touchdown, I was thinking, I'm a little higher balanced in tech than I should be. And I'd like to rebalance my portfolio with interest rates so high. I, I would love somebody to say that. Or, or Tracy, here's the deal. I barely graduated high school with a C average. I got a football scholarship. I never went to class ever in college. All I did was play football. I have the functional literacy equivalent of about a fifth or sixth grader at best. I don't have any fucking thoughts in my head at all. Would you love somebody to say that? Because yes. the only answer ever, ever, if truthful, is the only fucking thought in my head was don't drop the goddamn ball or make the fucking field goal. <laughs> I mean, what does she expect them to say? <laughs> what were you thinking right before you caught the ball? There's only one answer. Don't drop the fucking ball. Uh, it's just it drives me crazy. So thank you Crazy. for for thank you for uh, for articulating what what I'm quite sure ninety nine and a half percent of the public thinks as they're crawling out of their skin when those uh, inane questions uh, pop up. I mean, just just as a side note on that, I, I, a big hate for me is the in between quarters two questions or in between halves two questions that the sideline reporter is allowed to ask the head coaches in the NFL games. You guys are familiar with that, right? And those NFL coaches, they literally have a look on their face like they're being poked in the eye with a rusty fork. They so don't want to be there. The two questions are stupid. The responses are vanilla and generic and gives the viewers absolutely no value whatsoever. Brian, you, how do you feel about that? Um, I don't really pay attention much to the, to the <laughs> halftime or, or the uh, in-between quarter questions. But I, I will say with Drew, quite honestly, they're not thinking anything. Okay, they're not thinking catch the ball. They're not thinking um, 
hit the ball, whatever the sport may be, they're out there and, and they're just, they're really not thinking about anything in particular. The only one that's thinking for the most part is a field goal kicker. And honest to God, you know what he's thinking? Please don't freaking miss. Yeah. That's yeah. what he's thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're a but, great athlete, your mind goes blank and you're in the zone. Right. And having been in that situation, I never thought of anything, which unfortunately led to me. I did the same thing in school. I never thought of anything. But, um, yeah. you know, as an athlete and I'm I mean, obviously I'm joking. around. They don't think they just react. That's they, what they don't doing. have time to think about anything when you're going right. up for a jump shot. You're not thinking. Right. You're just of course. Of course. That's why the questions are so ridiculous. Like, what were you thinking right before you <laughs> faked the guy out at the top of the key? and hit the game-winning shots. Like, I'm not thinking about nothing. Give right. The only time the only time they're thinking is when they're doing something where the moment has stopped, shooting a free throw. You know, they talk about yeah. you got to be positive. But guys really do think, God, please don't miss. A yeah. field goal, please don't miss. But anything that is in right. actual time, you're right. not thinking about a damn thing. So it is a right. stupid question. Um, but – or I also love what kind of half, what did you say to those guys at halftime that made them come out and play so hard? I got that all the time. My wife used to ask me, good Lord, those girls played their asses off in the second half. What did you say? I said, play harder, play yeah. better. We stink. You know? yeah. The coach is saying, you guys are pussies. They're whipping your ass. Yeah. Right. What, is, what do they expect? Like some sort of Socrates you know philosophical it's ridiculous right and by the way let me let me just for the record for all of our listeners i i never use the p word with the girls please put that all on drew i (laughs) I have nothing to do with that (laughs) so so so, i wasn't suggesting you did so drew doesn't doesn't it really blow your mind that our nurturing kind friend brian would have as a coaching technique at halftime to rally the girls that he would say something like Play harder, you stink. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, well uh, I look at we'd come in, we'd make adjustments, but I'll be honest with you. And, and look, my teams were generally all pretty good. Um, yeah. So it, we weren't losing a lot at halftime. But when we were losing, generally, I never raised my voice because I didn't want to put any panic in them. So it was just, hey, here's what we need to do. Here's the adjustments we need to make or whatever. Now, if we were winning and we were playing a bad team and I didn't think we were playing well, I ripped their ass. Yeah. Um, But when we were losing, I never wanted to put any panic in them by yelling and screaming. Right. I can see if you were like up by by eight against a team, you should be up by 25. You probably said we should be killing these fucking whatever they are, Wolverines or Buckeyes. And and you guys stink and you're letting them stay in the game and blah, blah, blah. You're lazy and all sorts of stuff. Right. I mean, I don't know that I put it that way, but certainly I raised oh, my I voice. Oh, think, I think you did. I think <laughs> so do I. Hey, Brian, so uh, so tell us about your, uh, the, your whatever you're willing to share with our international audi- audience uh, about your gambling exploits. Uh, Drew did let out, let the, the cat, one cat out of the bag about a, a nice parlay that you guys hit, NFL parlay. I did not hit it. Drew hit it. Drew is a lot smarter than me. So what what I wanted to bet, it was, we always it's it's been a tradition between my brother-in-law, my brother and myself that we bet a three-game parlay, all three professional games on uh Thanksgiving Day. We actually bet $50 each. The first year we ever did it, we won. So we thought we were going to win every year and quite frankly, I'm not sure we've ever won again. 
Um, so yeah. with our infamous wisdom, we decided to double it and each put $100 in. So we decided that we were going to take uh, Detroit and, uh, excuse me, we were going to, yeah, take Detroit plus the, uh, the nine and a half, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. uh, against Buffalo. Then I said, well, I want to take Dallas and give the 10, which we all agreed on. And then we wanted to give the two and a half in Minnesota. Well, as you know, we won our first bet. I was on the golf course at the TPC Las Vegas, which was fantastic when we won it. And then Dallas, you talk about a bad beat. Dallas was up, um, I believe, 15 hey, Brian, points. I, I was I was watching it. So they were up 15 points, a minute and a half to go. Didn't they, they miss a field goal? They had a 46-yard field goal to go up by 18. He, he misses it. And of course, then the Giants take over on about their, their own 35, 38 yard line, something like that. And I thought, interesting, because the game's over. There's no, there's right. not enough time for the for the Giants to score twice because they're down by 15. But I thought, Jesus, 10 point game. Giants are going to come down. Dallas doesn't give a shit if they give up a, a, a touchdown at the end of the game. Who cares? Except you. Right. And in that, and as I'm watching it between bites of turkey, they score on the literally the last play of the game. Yeah. And as the mashed potatoes hit my mom's living room <laughs> ceiling. Um, so, and then, you know, the interesting thing is on a hundred dollar parlay, we had $300 that, that returns $2,100. So that was a pretty good parlay. Yeah. Drew was smart enough to say, cause I talked to Drew. He says, I don't want Dallas. I'm going to take Minnesota and Detroit. So Drew had a two game parlay, which he won. I did go ahead and bet. And I hate to say it, but it's it's easy money. I bet against Fresno State's men's basketball team because they can't score any more than 57 points a game. So they were uh, getting three points on uh, the, not last night, the night before they lost by five. They were getting four points last night. They lost by seven. They're like a slot machine that always pays off. And then I played a dollar slot machine real quickly and, and ended up winning one hundred and seventy dollars on that. So I actually came home a winner. Uh, I won $103 total, which is not a lot, but at least it's better than losing. Uh, Drew, on the other hand, has two, has three other live tickets. He's got Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Drew? Yeah, I took some home underdogs. I took Tennessee at home against Cincinnati on Sunday, and uh, I took Cleveland at home against Tampa Bay. Wow. Well, nice. that's that, that's a gutsy yeah. call. But I'm but uh, I'm always intrigued by the home underdogs and getting back to those NFL bets. I both the uh, the Lions game and the Cowboys game uh, underscore my general theory that um, it's very hard to cover double digit spreads in the NFL, whether you're a home team or whether you're a visitor and you're giving up that many points. Um, and there's a couple of those games, I believe, big double digit. Uh, I think Miami's like a 14 point favorite against whoever they're playing this weekend. And there's another right. uh, big double digit favorite also. Yeah, yeah, you're um, right. Well, yeah. I believe the Rams are a double digit dog, aren't they? They are 13 and a half. That one, yeah. might, <laughs> that one yeah. might actually be right. Sadly, well, yeah. You know, yes. I was going to say, look, it, it is what it is. Vegas wasn't built on 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 everyone winning so typical you know i win two out of three on a parlay and end up losing money so that's kind of how it, how it works out the 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 dallas game i mean like drew said with a minute and 48 we looked really good and then all hell broke loose and i think again the betting god said 
we're not going to let Brian win. Yeah. Okay, no. that's, that's just not going to happen. You know what happened? The betting God said, you know, he's having a pretty good weekend. He's playing golf. And we're just, you know, fuck him. He's not getting his way with everything this weekend. Right. And, <laughs> and, and he's been doing that for 45 years, unfortunately. Yeah. But at some point, it's going to catch up. I maybe win a Dev Parlay once in a while. So while we're on this theme of spreads and so forth, let's talk about a couple of uh, very intriguing uh, college football games coming up tomorrow. Let's start with the early game where we have Michigan playing at the shoe against uh, Ohio State. What uh, say you guys, uh, you know, any, any thoughts or, or, or opinions about, you know, the victor in that game? Yeah, I, I, I have an opinion. I bet on, I bet on Michigan and got seven and a half points. Look, they're two great teams. I mean, they're both 11 and 0. Um, they both escaped with some narrow wins this year. I, I think Ohio State has a very explosive offense, but they're not invincible. They had a really, they've had some tough games before they've been able to pull away and win. And I think Michigan can hang close. So having said that, uh, Ohio State will probably win 42 to 7. So, uh, so I'm going to throw in my opinion real quickly here. I, I, um, I don't know. That's it's it's a. Uh, I think Ohio State is going to win the game. I do think it's going to be pretty close. And and should Ohio State win, by the way, I believe that that leaves Harbaugh completely on the schneid, doesn't it, in terms of being winless in all of his years coaching Michigan, playing against Ohio State, isn't that right? He's yet no, to win. No, he won last year. Yeah. He won last year and uh, made the playoff. That's right. That yeah, yeah. That and and some were <laughs> yeah. So let but that was his first win, I believe, right? Last year yes. against yes. Ohio State. Yeah. What do you think, Brian? I actually think Michigan's going to win the game, I, and I don't know why. I don't have any other. There, there's no rhyme or reason. Um, I don't think either. Oh well, I don't think Ohio State is playing great. I don't think Michigan is playing great in the first half, but they they have a way of coming back in the second half. So if the game is close, I really like Michigan. I think they have a, a really a, um, a very, very aggressive team. I think they're stronger. I think their run game is better. So I think if that game comes down to a one-score game, I like Michigan. But, again, I'm just talking off the top of my head. I, I was surprised that the spread was seven and a half. Uh, that really shocked me. I thought that spread would be more like three or four. But I like Michigan just because I like how they've played in the second half. They've been in some close games, and I don't think Ohio State's playing that great right now. So let's hey, talk Brian, about yeah. – A couple things. One, I agree. I thought the spread was going to be four, three and a half or four. And two, I also agree. You talk off the top of your head. We all talk off the top of our head. We don't know jack shit. Right, right. Yeah. But it's fun to talk. You know, if you say it loud enough and you say it enough times – Again, it, it, you sound like you're you're right. <laughs> yeah, there's certain politicians that do that. So let's talk. Right. Let, let's talk about the game that we care most about. Yes, that's uh, our uh, USC Trojans uh, on the road against Notre Dame. Now, speaking of home, I'm no, under, no, no, uh, they're, no, they're they're at home. They're at home. Oh, okay. So and and I think it's a four and a half point uh, spread in that game. Is that correct? Right. It dropped right. from five and a half to four and a half. Yeah. Okay. Um, my heart says SC, of course. Uh, Notre Dame has a good team this year. I just think they're hard to figure. I, I just have never trusted Notre Dame, no matter what their record, um, to to win a big game like this. So I'm going with the Trojans in a close game. 
Well, I'll go ahead, Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go, Brian. Go. All right. One, I think that this is the best defense SC will have played, um, which really makes me nervous. Mm. Uh, I do think Notre Dame is playing really well. As I've said all year long, and we know this, I, I do not trust USC's defense. Drew, I thought you made a great point last week about they had to pick their poison and they, they picked stopping Chardonnay or Charbonnet from uh, and, and forced DTR to pass and they ended up getting three interceptions. So I thought that was a great analysis. So I think they did play better than what the defense showed as far as score, but I just don't trust their defense and I'm always leery. And I've always, every year or every game I say, I don't think they're going to win. And maybe it's a superstition because they end up winning. So I'm going to say they're not going to win again this week. Okay. Hoping the hell that they do win. Of, of, <laughs> of course. I, look, I, I think that Notre Dame probably does have the best defense that SEC. I can tell you one thing without any fear of being wrong. Notre Dame hasn't seen an offense like they're going to see tomorrow. I mean, they, they just haven't seen anything like what USC brings offensively. I, I saw a couple ESPN guys talking about the game, and one guy said Notre Dame cannot practice for the speed that they're going to see uh, uh, for the SC receivers and, and guys like Raylick Brown. So, meanwhile, Notre Dame, you know, certainly has big, powerful defensive line, big, powerful offensive line. Again, I think – if we can stop their running game and force their quarterback to beat us, I, I think we'll be okay. I, it's going to be a really tough game. They're going to have to play really, really well. They're probably going to need some turnovers. You know, it, people say, well, they never stopped UCLA last, last week. And the answer is, yeah, they stopped them four times. Turnovers are a stop. So they, right. they're going to have to get some stops via turnovers or punts. And if they can do that, um, they'll win. Mike, as far as the point spread goes, boy, I have, I don't care. <laughs> they could win by one tenth of a point. A W is all that matters. Yes. Agreed. Well, and I, I'll say if Mario Williams comes back this week and is at full strength, then I think that even makes it tougher because yes. they, they have a fantastic receiving core. Obviously, Jordan Addison is the best in the nation, but if Mario Williams comes back healthy, I think it makes it makes it that much tougher. What I hope doesn't happen is that SC doesn't have to play from behind against this defense. UCLA was a little bit different, but I don't want to get behind on this defense. And especially, I don't want Notre Dame to start feeling like, hey, you know what? We, we can win this game. I hope we jump on him. And yeah. um, that would be a nice way to start. Just jump on him early. And then and then go from there. But I agree, they're not going to see an offense like they're going to see tomorrow night. But at the same time, you know, we we can't allow easy scores and get behind. Yeah, should be a really good game. Should be great. So, Every time they play at home against Notre Dame, I go on YouTube and I watch Anthony Davis's six touchdown performance in '72, and then the 55-24 win in '74 gives me something to to root for. Right. I, I get so nervous, so I'll probably be watching reruns of The Love Boat tomorrow night. But um, <laughs> by the way, before we get off of USC, did you guys see Anthony Davis quote that he said the 1972 team is the greatest US, USC team ever? 
Well, yeah, I mean, uh, most college football historians rank it in the top five of all time, of, of all time college teams, because their closest game was nine to Stanford. They averaged margin of victory was 25. They hung 50 points on people three or four times. And they beat some really good teams. Notre Dame had, you know, and Ohio State were really good. That, that team's considered one of the probably five best teams ever. Right. And for those of you that are listening, I got to watch Anthony Davis. I'm sure you did too, Drew. I'm not sure about you, Mike. Oh, in yeah. high school at San Fernando, San Fernando High. Yeah. Um, and he was, by the way, he was just as good a baseball player as he was uh, a football player. I, I think he's the only person ever that was two-time city player of the year in both football and baseball. And I think you can look this up in the city championship for football. They played, and I don't know the team that they played, but they were the two best teams in Southern California, and it was raining like crazy. And I'm, I think I'm correct on this. Anthony Davis was the quarterback and carried every single play, and they I, won the game by seven. I, I'm almost I, positive that's the truth. I, I think that's right, and I'll tell you who they played. They played Dana Potter's Granada Hills team. Okay. Okay. That, yeah, that, you're right. Remember Dana Potter? Yep. That yep. makes that yep. makes sense. I was going to say yep. Granada Hills also. That was, that was yep. a great rivalry back in the day, right? San Fernando oh, and Granada Hills. Fantastic. They were, yeah, Granada Hills was great. And then, of course, a few years later, they had a kid that didn't really amount to anything. I think his name was Elway. Yeah, John John Elway. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and for those of you that really look back on high school sports during that time, Monroe High School had a guy by the name of Guy Benjamin who went on to play at Stanford and was the quarter backup quarterback for the 49ers, uh, who was a pretty good player, who so, also yeah. played on my Little League team, by the way. Okay, so so speaking of high school, didn't Daryl Strawberry was switching sports? Didn't Daryl Strawberry play uh, in, in in the valley somewhere for? No, he went to Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Yeah. Okay. He was no. city player of the year at Crenshaw High. He so was city I wanted player of the year and then crack addict of the year. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to I want to jump sports for a minute. We're about a quarter of the way through the NBA season. Um, th this might be a stretch to even ask this question because uh, there's a very good likelihood that neither one of you have been paying any attention at all to the NBA this, this early in the season, but should either of you be, have been paying attention? Is there anything that's caught you by surprise in, in either conference? Any, any, any initial impression you have of the, of the season so far? Well, I would think all of you would be shocked that the Lakers actually won three straight games. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, based on yeah. what we've been talking about, the Lakers won three straight games yeah. without yeah. LeBron James. I think that's pretty surprising. Okay. Um, uh, the other thing that. is, is I, I will tell you right now, I, I follow no NBA right now, okay. nor do I care to follow any NBA right now. Um, I think it's boring at this point in time. I don't enjoy it. Um, it's just – to me, I know those guys are playing hard, but you know, with with it being an eighty-one game season, right now, it it just doesn't mean a whole lot to me. It, I you can kind of you already know who's going to be in the playoffs for the most part. Yeah. The fun thing about basketball, the NBA nowadays, is you really don't know what two teams are going to be in the championship. Us growing up, we we every year could have picked the two teams, or certainly we knew three teams and two of them were going to be in the uh, the championship now 
heck, I don't know. Look at the Warriors are struggling. You still have uh, Milwaukee, I'm sure, is pretty good. I haven't followed it much. I imagine the Celtics are still pretty good. Um, I don't know what um, Phoenix has done. I know Phoenix has always been pretty good, but you don't really know who's going to win it this year. Yeah. Yeah, so my my two surprises, I, I echo that, and I just looked up, Brian, kind of just what you said on the standings. And usually at this point, now the teams have played about 18 games, like Mike said, you know, maybe a quarter of the way through. And usually at this point, somebody's like 16 and two. And no know? one is. And, and there's a lot of parity this year. Yes. Like no one is outstanding. So that's that's surprising how much parity – how many teams are hovering at nine and nine, you know, nine and 11, 10 and eight. And the other thing that really is kind of shocking to me is the defending world champions are under 500. Yes. Golden State. Those are, two, not, those are, you know, those, those are my two biggest impressions. One is the yeah. fact that, um, that nobody is running away with it to your point, Drew, you usually, usually in seasons past and recent memory, there's been a couple of teams, at least one, that has kind of run away early. Not necessarily that they, you know, did that throughout the whole season, but, you know, has an early, like, kind of dominating, yeah. you know, a, a cup, just a couple of losses. Especially um, in the Western Conference, talk about parity. I think uh, the leader in the Western Conference, who might be Phoenix, if I'm not mistaken, I think they have six or seven losses, don't you're they? You're exactly, you're, you're spot on. Phoenix is 11 and six and has the best record in the Western conference. And, and here's the thing about golden state. They're nine and 10. They're eight and one at home. They're one and nine on the road. I, I don't abysmal. get it. I don't that's, get it. That's, that's worse I, than the I Lakers. Get the it. Lakers are, well, no, the Lakers are 0 and six on the road. Sorry. They're worse <laughs> than the yeah, Lakers. So Brian, what do you think? What do you think's going on with the Warriors right now? I think it's all uh, Draymond Green. I think that that punch that he threw early in the year during practice, they're never going to recover from. And, and uh, here's my little insight. We we know or he's no longer the assistant coach. Ron Adams was their defensive assistant coach who's from Fresno, and we knew him well, and we would email him all the time. And anytime the Golden State Warriors had issues or whatever, he always said, hey, Draymond Green handles everything. He'll take care of it in the locker room. So really like when Durant would get a little bit, you know, out of control or open up his mouth, Green was the one that really handled that. He handled the locker room. Well, he goes ahead and throws the punch this year. He's got no respect in the locker room. And look at if you're, is it Jordan Poole? Is that his name that got punched? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that's tough to forgive. And, you know, that's a young guy, an up and coming guy. So there's a, in basketball, because, you know, there's only five guys on the court at any one given time. Team chemistry is a huge issue. And I think Green has completely shot down that team chemistry. I just I think I wouldn't be surprised if they try to unload them. Wow. Good Before point. the trade deadline this year, huh? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, either, hey, folks, you heard it here first. And honestly, I don't give a shit if you've already heard it. You heard it here first. That's right. <laughs> so we just have a couple of minutes left, guys, before we have to uh, bid our international listening audience a, a fond adieu to the next episode. Uh, let's say each of you about some upcoming topics that uh, that you feel we uh, we, we should uh, banter around about. Well, for me, I think it's going to be 
Well, a lot of it depends on what USC does tomorrow, because I think that's a topic. If they if they find their way into the college football playoffs, yep. then I think this goes down as one of the greatest coaching uh, years of of Lincoln Riley that Lincoln Riley uh, or what he's done this in terms of coaching. I, I I cannot believe the turnaround, and if this continues, then. I mean, I know the TCU guys, Sonny Dykes, will probably get coach of the year, but what Lincoln Riley does is just unimaginable to me. I I talk crap about it early in the year to those that weren't USC fans and say, hey, we're going to be there, knowing damn well it wasn't going to happen. I never imagined we'd be 10-1 and right now. And like I want to say every week, it should have been 11-0. and I just couldn't imagine doing it. So that would be one topic. And I think the other topic we want to get into down the road is going back to the NIL. Uh, and what it's done to or what it's done to um, not only football but basketball, and just kind of see what happens over the next few weeks as the season ends with the portal and where people start going. True. Yeah, I like that because because early signing day is in just a few weeks. It's like mid December, and so I'd be curious to see what sort of class some of these uh, schools sign and and who's moving around in the portal and. You know, I think Lincoln Riley is going to use the portal a lot again in 2023. I think starting maybe in 24, he's going to be getting more of his guys. But I, I agree with Brian. It's it's one of the greatest turnarounds in, in all sports history. Now, of course, you know, he, he <laughs> got a lot of help by the portal, but still he did it. They decided to go play for him. So he gets the credit. And uh, so we can talk about that. And then uh, we'll be coming up toward the end of the NFL season as we get into December. Yep. And it, the, the playoffs should shape up and it should be interesting. And I'm sure all of our picks will be exactly right. We'll look back on what we picked and, you know, we'll all be spot on because because we're never fucking wrong. Exactly. No, and one other thing we're not yes. going to talk about, we're not talking about freaking soccer. I could care less about the World Cup. I know everyone else does. But if we start talking soccer, if you want to get rid of me on this podcast, start doing that. It's not it's not going to happen on this podcast, in my opinion, that that subject for me. Uh, really quickly. I don't even know what you're talking about, Brian. Yeah. So. <laughs> for, for, for me, really quickly, guys, I would love to have some more conversations, some goat conversations. We did. We did. We had a goat conversation on NBA. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have one on college football. I'd love to have one on um, on the NFL. Um, we can select various positions, which I think might uh, might might be better rather than just saying a generic who's the greatest you know NFL player of all time. So uh, I think we should uh, should weave weave goat conversations into our uh, into our podcast. Goats um, are always fun. Love the goat. <laughs> Love the goat talk. All right. On sure. that note, on that note, talking goats, we know that this is the greatest podcast of all time, and that no matter what, through thick and thin, we're always right, ladies and gentlemen. So with that, <laughs> I bid everybody a fond to do. Have a great weekend. Guys, thanks so much. Have a good rest of your Thanksgiving weekend. Thanks, Take buddy. care. Go, go, go SC one more time. Go, baby. <laughs>